It's 5.01. It's been a long day, and we have lots to say. Yeah, we're just two young professionals having genuine conversations with no filters. So if you had the stuff to say at work, but you couldn't, that's why we're here. So check us out. Yeah, man, check us out. If you're new to the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at bougiebowtie and professord4 underscore. So let's have a real conversation. Let me tell you how I really feel. All right, let's get it. I'm a one young, one young. Yo, yo, yo. Another episode of the 501 Talk Series. All right, so guys, no real intro. We are here. We are here for the 501 Talk Series. Our co-host, one of them, Darren Ford, with my mans. Charlie Rod Newson. Or also, Darren also calls me Charles a lot of the times. Yeah, so you'll hear Charles a few times. But yeah, we're doing another episode of the 501 Talk Series. Again, how we always like to start off is just giving a little bit of backstory of basically why we termed it 501 Talk Series. Quite simply, we talk a lot of trash at work, we have good conversation, but at the end of the day, it's a little PC. You know, you got to watch what you say, you want to make sure you're not offending people, things of that nature. But when you have good coworkers, you have good colleagues, friends, you have some genuine conversation. And we just kind of played around with the joke of like, oh, at 501, I'm going to really tell you how I feel. So it felt like, hey. Let's turn this thing into a podcast and let's let this millennial thing do what it do. Yeah. And I mean, some of the times it's interesting because, you know, people who go to work together, at least sort of the now day to day, it's like you just go to work, you make money, you go home. There really mm-hmm. isn't sort of that relationship that you build with coworkers. And then like once you do, I think this is where the inspiration of this podcast came about. It's like we, we have this great connection. Mm-hmm. Let's put it on, you know, um, the podcast. Yeah, man. A hundred percent. So the way we like to go about this frame is that me and my, uh, myself and Charles, have just genuine good conversation imagery you can think about um what do you call it um what's the water cooler talk right Uh. it's water cooler talk to a whole nother level um i think we're both pretty smart uh, young men that just have the genuine conversation with each other and it's like hey what did you remember what did i remember because it's it's really interesting that we can literally take hey did you see that free throw does free throw mean like he's kind of just taking Mm -hmm. it to a whole nother level so we've always appreciate that and we're just going to go back and forth with things that we picked up during the week things i think people can relate to as being young professionals of some of the things that you go through the grind the stress and you just want to have a talk and see how y'all feel and we can go from there yeah because i mean a lot of stuff people go through in their day-to-day life it's like at least I always tell Darren this, it's like we never stop to really think about it or reflect or really go back and like, hey, you know what? What was that about? Or, you know, what did I just watch right now? What does it mean? Right. And so like, I think this podcast will kind of dive into a lot, little bit deeper than that and then be able to kind of look at, okay, what does this really mean? And this is not a question yet, but what is like your whole point of view on self-awareness? I feel like it influences podcasts and I'll say it from my point of view, but just your thoughts, self-awareness. I, it's a trendy thing, I think. Yeah. Um, I think with self-awareness, it's going to be something, at least from my perspective, where being aware of who's around me and what situation I'm in mm-hmm. and being able to act accordingly. So okay. it's not to say that I'm, I'm going to be a lesser person in whatever situation I'm going to be in mm-hmm. because it requires me to do so. But it just means like, hey, you know what? I can't say F-bombs at work, you know, I I can't be, um, you know, acting a certain way at work, but in other places I can. 
but I'm still going to be who I am regardless at right. the end of the day at the core. Okay. And that's how I see self-awareness personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, self-awareness, I definitely think has changed the game as far as being able to analyze situations in a way to create opportunity. I'm a big opportunist, and I think opportunist is a, is a good thing. But at the end of the day, you have to then see what see for yourself to know what you need to pursue. And, and now that I'm thinking about it, I think this is what inspires me about this podcast because it's like, I learned a lot talking to you. So as I've reflected on these conversations, I'm then able to come back to work and be like, yo, I got another thing, another mm-hmm. topic. It's because I've been so self-aware. So to influence this sort of conversation, it's like, yo, what are y'all really thinking? Like, there's a there's a consciousness and there's an unconsciousness. You know, given a little background, um, we're both counselors. You know, I have an opportunity to teach sports psychology so that we talk about this tar- sort of stuff all the time. So these unconscious thoughts, I'm just trying to see what see what I can say really. Right. How can I take these unconscious thoughts and put them on, just put it out there? So let me ask you this. If, if you're talking about self-aware, do you feel like you you have to find someone who you can have that sort of self-awareness with. Because mm. I would imagine, like, growing up, I may have been personally self-aware, but maybe the people around me weren't. And because of that, like, I may not sort of pick up on certain things. I may mm-hmm. not even sort of feel comfortable in being able to remember some of the things I was self-aware about and be able to share it with someone. Because okay. at that point, like, you know, say if I am self-aware about something or something pops into my mind, like, well, fuck, I don't have anybody else to talk about it with, so I'm just going to forget it, or it's just going to pass me by. Right. And so now, on the flip side of it, like because I, you know, I have yourself, I have other people who I have that connection with, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, like this thing popped into my mind, and yeah, oh, yeah, I know yeah. I could talk to Darren about it, or I know I could talk to someone else about it. Damn, that's a, no, that's a, that's a big deal, because I think it gets into, um, you're kind of a product of your environment. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really think about it, self-awareness was not taught it was not cool we did not know what it was so if i had a thought you always kind of had that vibe at least when i grew up and i keep it to yourself you know whatever right Mm -hmm. but now that i think that it's encouraged you're able to kind of put yourself out there like hey i thought about this today you want to talk about it oh mindfulness uh mental health like that's a big thing now so it's like oh okay let's talk about that so i do think the environment encouraged it Mm -hmm. but it was not that before which yes i think that can become an issue because at the end of the day, self-awareness is extremely important. Self-reflection is something you need to do, learn as a kid, but you learn it as an adult. But you're not necessarily allowed to talk about it to where, how do you become self-aware? Mm. It's kind of a scary thing. Like, how do you become self-aware? Because if it's always keep it to yourself, be quiet. If, you, if you're not fortunate to meet somebody like yourself and like, hey, no, it's cool. Tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can not experience a whole part of your mind. That's how deep I think about it. Oh, hell yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, people could just be walking around, you know, having so much stuff that's just going around in their minds. And because it's so trapped in there, it, it either stays in there or it turns into a sort of a negative, you know, mm-hmm. sort of type of way. Um, and it, it becomes untapped. It's untapped potential. It is. Um, and so I think it's it sucks that like people don't have that sort of outlet to be able to, yeah, to, to, be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself because it's like maybe, and this is why I like talking to Charles, y'all. 
I haven't even started on my topics yet. Like we haven't even started that yet, but we are already talking. But it is something that you kind of pick up on. So being at work, being able to expose myself to different type of people, I almost believe now that everybody is self-aware. But it's until you tap into your true confidence that you give yourself the permission to say, hey, guess what? Fuck it. I'm going to say it no matter what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody has that. But I, it's more of a societal thing to say, like, be quiet. But everybody has that voice. Like, basically what I'm saying is you can grow up in an environment where you don't have self-awareness around you. Or you don't know what exactly that means. But I think those around you are very self-aware. Mm. You said society. What do you mean by that? Like, society tells us society. It's the influences. Let me keep it a bug. It's everybody. It's Mom, dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, co-workers, colleagues, the person down the street. That, that's society. Mm. Specifically speaking, it's those who you believe can influence you. Mm. Now, if we really break it down, everybody influences you. We just watch the game, watch something on TV, I'm, I'm influenced, right? Mm-hmm. Kobe, I, know, I never met him in my life. Influenced the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. So that's, right, society. So I do think, given the perception, because it's all about perspective, Given the perception that you're surrounded with as a, let's say, a 10-year-old that's not allowed to kind of talk about his feelings or explore himself as a young boy, just say that. Don't mean he's not thinking that. It's just, no, don't say that. No, don't say that. But the person who's telling you not to say it is thinking the same thing too. But because we're in this bubble of like nobody talks about it, I'm not allowed to. But you still think it. So until you find confidence and be like, no, I'm going to say how I feel. How many times do motivational speakers say that? Say oh, yeah. how you feel. Yeah. Until you are able to do that, you then change the surrounding around you or change the people around you. Because like, you know what? I did think this. What do you think? Wait, what are you talking about? You're going to get a drawback because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But what happens? Hey, well, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, actually. Yeah. And everybody's self-aware now. So it's like you have to be that person to kind of be like, you know, it's like, that's how I think. Yeah. And that's the one thing we've talked about before is uncomfortable. People are so damn afraid of being uncomfortable. And I, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and, and they're saying like, one of the things about being successful is sometimes we have to, one, one, feel uncomfortable, but two, embrace that challenge. You know, if there's a challenge that's in front of us, like, that's already uncomfortable, but like if you're gonna go through life like not embracing this challenge, you never know what's gonna be on the other side. I mean, you never know if you're gonna succeed or not. And the reference that he gave was like, you know, of course, you know me, I play a lot of fantasy sports. Mm-hmm. And so he was talking about like, okay, with fantasy sports, the challenge is how, okay, let me tell you the format of it. So mm-hmm. if you play in a fantasy sports, let's just say league, right? Mm-hmm. And say if I'm I'm entering this league with ten bucks and you enter it with a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. right? With that hundred bucks, you could put in, say, however many lineups or however many players into this game. Mm-hmm. I only have ten bucks worth. I can only put in this much, right? Mm-hmm. So then at this point it's like, okay, well, do I wanna play it safe and just do, you know, the minimum or, or just kinda do enough to at least make a little bit more of my money back mm-hmm. or do I want to put it put it in and at least try to shoot for the moon and let's try to let's try to win this right because at this point like I could just stay and be stagnant and all that stuff but you know what let me let me let me press it let me push it let me, it's gonna be uncomfortable mm-hmm. but at least 
I, I shot for it, and I know I have the potential to be able to get to something big. This is why we do this, y'all. <laughs> that brings me, that's a perfect segue into one of my first topics I had on my list. Something that I'm just, you know, again, we pick up things that we, we basically are taking our unconsciousness and honestly writing it down on paper, y'all, and talking about it. So this is our first time having these conversations, and it's just, this what it is. So you start... What I've noticed is that people will give other people advice on things they they won't do. Yeah. Right? Let mm-hmm. me say people will say okay, that's what I mean. People will give people advice on things that they won't do. I thought about that, right? Because mm-hmm. we're in a counseling profession, you just get exposed to the world, right? Yeah. You just see people and you hear a lot. I should probably listen to my own advice. Hear that a lot, mm-hmm. right? For those who are in the counseling profession, y'all know what I'm talking about. I should have given myself that own advice, right? But they know it. And that's what I was thinking about. I was like, but you know, so if you're not listening to yourself, but you know it, where do you get it from? Mm-hmm. I think we train ourselves to be very literal that A equals B so that must mean, or A plus B must equal C, mm-hmm. period. Of course, that's logic. But at the end of the day, if you can apply that logic to something else, how come that person can't see it like that? Mm-hmm. So you take your example, right? Fantasy sports is set up a certain type of way. More money, more advantage. Less money, less advantage, right? That's what people think, yeah. That's what people think. Yeah, that's what people think. So, but you can technically go all in either way with, how much your money is able yeah. to afford you. Yeah. Talking fantasy sports. But are we? Because if you take that exact concept about anything in your life, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I don't got much, but I'm going to try. First generation students. Let me add this other layer to it. So, that the, the further example of that fantasy sports is that either way, whether I put in 10 lineups and you put in 100 lineups, mm-hmm. either way, it's how well did I build this lineup versus how well you built your lineup. Because I could have built the 10 best lineups and you put in 100 lineups, yeah, that's great. Maybe one of them is good. Right. That makes a huge difference. Right. Whether you, I got 10 bucks and you got 100 bucks, it don't matter. Who's putting in the work? But see how that concept applies to life, though? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like That's what's fascinating about somebody like... Somebody who's telling tell me about fantasy sports, right? They can literally walk you through that entire example. And they'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. You have another conversation about working out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, I don't have that amount of equipment. You hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't have a gym pass. I don't have a workout partner. Da, 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 da. But, the rea- but the reality is you don't need all that to work out. Right? Right? So, if I told that person, hey, take what you got, even though maybe you're comparing yourself to whatever your situation in life provides, where it's like, oh, he has more, so he can actually go to the gym. People compare themselves to Instagram all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, they can go to the gym. They have memberships. They got girls. Da, da, da. But at the end of the day, you still got enough to work out. Why aren't you doing that? Mm-hmm. Excuse, excuse, excuse. But you can walk me through the entire strategy of fantasy football and say, Basically the exact same thing, mm-hmm. but you can't apply it to your own life. That fascinates me. Yeah. That's what I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, and that, that honestly fascinates me. What do you think about that, though? 
Well, I think it's it's one of those things where it's like, what you do, what you love doing, like you should be able to see and apply that in so many different ways. And, and I feel like that kind of taps into being self-aware. Is that like you are aware of one thing that you know and you're you excel at and you're successful at. I'm like, okay, well now how do you make that connection to something else where maybe you're not good at and apply the same concept? Yeah, it may not be the same damn thing, but right. the work that you put into it can right. be similar. Why don't you think people think that? Like, why? How come people can't make that connection? Fuck, fuck, if I can answer that question, man. <laughs> what do you think, though? Like, why can't people make that connection? Because think about it, we in a profession where transferable skills, job transition. What do they? What do they want in an interview? They basically want to say they like you, so people can understand it. Mm-hmm. But I, I just feel like there's a different layer that people aren't tapping to. I, I don't know what. We're just talking, right? But what is the layer people aren't tapping to to say, oh, well, that makes sense for me now, so I'm going to do that strategy. Because you can take me, you can come to an appointment with me, and I can give you the star method, how to do a behavioral-based interview question, or blah, blah, blah. And then you go in there and kill all these interviews and stuff. But basically what I just told you was, know your worth, tell somebody that, and make sure they remember it. Basically, that's all I'm saying. How come you can't go talk to that girl? Well, how come you you dropped out of school? Well, how, it's just like it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Why can't you see that? I, I have a thought actually with that. Yeah, let me know because like, I, I don't know. Like, do you think that on one side of it, it, it's easy for them to think through and and sort of appreciate what they love because it's safe, it's easy. Whereas okay. if, they, if they start to apply it to something else that maybe it's it's more challenging for them or it's more mm. more of a, a, a foreign kind of thing. Like, I don't know if it's going to work out or I, I don't know if I'm confident enough for this. You know, I they find that to be sort of a, a different thing. So it's in their mind it's different, but really it's mm, the okay. same thing because it's harder. Because in their mind, okay, so yeah. they associate it with something that's difficult so they don't see that they've done it. But okay, right, right. they don't see that they've done it before. So it's like, no, it's not the same thing. Right. Mm. And so that barrier comes up. It's like, oh, it's not the same thing. But really, it is if you think about it. But they already built that barrier because it's hard. Dog. Like, now, I feel like we just going to have to talk about this I because know. this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, let's, right, let's try to sum it up So if, if there's other topics. But now, sure. this is like, I'm like tripping right now because now do we get to a point where if you are told otherwise, I guess I guess I'm asking two questions. One side of it is, if you have somebody in your life that it tells you otherwise, why can't you now connect the dot? That's one question. Because right, I have, they say, I have an answer for that. Okay, okay. So that's one side of it. On the second side of it is, well, how much are we really factoring in belief? When it comes to comes to making decisions, because I think we based it on what's logical, what makes the most sense, what's easiest. But at the end of the day, it sounds like it's belief. Because if you use that same example, and if somebody comes into your life and says, "No, well, this is otherwise," you are then not no longer not able to associate it to the same thing. You've made your, you've told yourself something else to not believe it. So essentially, you're not believing. It's like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying, but no, fuck it, I don't believe. It. I just don't know why why you would do that because another thing is people complain about what they're trying to change 
But when they're providing a suggestion to change, they get mad at the suggestion to change. Mm-hmm. Well, so my, yeah, 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 yeah. My yeah, thought yeah. behind that is that it, it's an exterior thing. They didn't come up with it, and it becomes a, it becomes an exterior thing. And, and you know, the the thought behind that is that a lot of times, anything that's exterior to someone else, because they didn't come up with it, it's not their idea. It's not something that they find it to be safe or that's trustworthy true. or anything like that. And they're not gonna even give it a chance. That's true. Okay, I, no, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense because it's like, all right, well, that's what you think. Because I'm trying to think of the the the, the general blowback that you always get yeah, or just yeah. the general excuses oh, yeah. of like oh no that doesn't make sense and like you know somebody was listening to it's like no you know like I'm trying to think about what that person would say and that mm-hmm. makes sense it's yeah. like alright well that's what you think that doesn't work for me but I would, I would challenge that it's like well why can't it work for you that's the next question really and it's like really why can't like have you tried it like tell like if you try it and you tell me it doesn't work mm-hmm. for you great like I'll, that, that's fine but give it a shot what's the worst that's gonna happen Something different's gonna happen, mm-hmm. obviously, but give it a shot. And it, it, don't you want something different to happen if the same shit is happening and it's not good? <laughs> that's what and that's what I'm saying. And so my question would be, but you have done it. It has worked for you. Because you're telling, like, because the person, let's say the excuse is, no, nah, that's what you think. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, I'm saying it based because you did it already in another context. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying this is what you, you do. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's what I would challenge. So. I don't know, man. That was a great yeah, intro. I, I didn't expect, that was pretty good. Um, I, have, I have something that kind of goes with that to build okay. off of. One, of, one of my topics is uh, enjoying living. Okay. And I, I, had, I really had this thought yesterday. So I went to go see my parents, and I hadn't seen them for maybe like a good two, two weeks, I'd okay. say. And it was interesting because, you know, as soon as I walked in, um, you know, I said hi and all that stuff. My mom was excited to see me, all that. Normal. Mm-hmm. And then, like... My dad, um, he was just chilling on the couch, and then he was just making sure, like, hey, are you, are you good? You know, are you fed? Are you hungry? Anything like that? The normal. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, he, he takes me, uh, he's like, hey, you know, come check this out. So then he takes me outside, and he shows me, like, the work that he's been doing with the backyard. And I was like, damn, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of took a step back when I was driving home. I was like, huh, like, it's interesting. Like, for him, I'm starting to, like, understand my dad a little bit because he – the way he was so excited to talk about what he did about the backyard and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that's something that, yes, it's external to him, and yes, it was something that, like, he he was proud of and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily something like, you know, he was talking to me like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Let's catch up. But no, he was showing me something he was proud of, mm-hmm. and that allowed him to make a connection with me. And wow, so okay. Okay. maybe maybe that's sort of, how people can begin to enjoy life where it's like they they have things that are external to them mm-hmm. and they're proud of and when they share it with other people mm-hmm. it allows them to build that connection damn that's deep never trying to connect with something i heard because that is very deep because i think that is a common energy right I don't know all the terms to it, but I know there's energy out there. You feel a vibe. You feel you feel stuff with people, right? So I wonder, and actually just kind of the things I've listened to over the time is that there is a genuine sense that you're trying to give off to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, kind of very similar to the love languages, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know who writes that book, but I'll figure it out. I know who. <laughs> Who's that? It's the um, the Gottman um, couple. So Okay. Yeah. 
So I think they do a good job of like basically saying like everybody's different and there's there's ways people receive stuff, and you have to to love that person. You have to understand that, mm-hmm. right? So in this case, what your father is proud of, that's how he expresses his genuine sense of self, right? Mm-hmm. And that allows organic conversation, him be as natural as he needs to be, whatever the case is. And I think what's interesting is that you can tell. Like that's that's the thing about energy. It's like you can tell. Mm-hmm. It's not about what they say. It's always about how they do it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, check this out. Look what I did. It's like, oh, okay. Like you can feel that when yeah. somebody's excited yeah. to do that, right? So it's interesting. I guess what I'm trying to say is how patient are we or have we been taught to be unpatient to take time to really understand what people are trying to say, mm-hmm. right? Context and everything else that clouds us and distracts us will make us say like, oh, whatever, he's just showing me something, right? Yeah. Not a second thought to it, but you give him that energy back and then that energy is like, oh, well, you know, then it becomes something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to compare it to this. My friend came by not too long ago and he just had had a second kid. And <laughs> shit is hilarious actually, but he has a second kid and he goes, now that I'm a father, he, one of them's two, and the other one is just born. He said, now that I'm a father, I understand what loving your kid really means. Like when parents be like, oh, they're hard as hell, but I would never change it. Yeah. Like he said, I understand that now. And he said that he's been raising his sons, or sons, yeah. He says, you can tell when kids see love. Like you can tell that. Like they just certain things that you do, like they they pick up to that. So I think that's very interesting and profound because I guess what I believe is I believe we're born already set, ready to go. Like basically you can be born a circle, I can be born square. I'm a, you're gonna start life as a circle, I'm gonna start life as a square and it's just gonna become that. Like I'm not gonna become a triangle. Yeah. Okay. Right? So I think that. So for the kids to like kind of pick up on that and see that the, the distractions that kind of come and happen throughout time is like it, I can see how that can make you ignore something about a kid right or make you ignore something about an adult after a while where it's like maybe since he was an infant he's always expressed kind of like oh look at my new toy and all that stuff right but then when somebody's like that shit don't matter. or just don't care mm-hmm. because of how life is mm-hmm. you shut a part of him down what I've learned over time, it doesn't go away. They just keep it in their head mm-hmm. and it creates resentment. A hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with that because I don't think I would have saw a part of this from my dad mm-hmm. unless I moved out. Mm-hmm. Because when I was there, I was very, um, what's the word? I was very just okay with what my relationship was with my dad. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, I come home, I, I say hi, I eat dinner. I go back and watch TV. Mm-hmm. Like that was the norm. Just because I was like, you know what? I saw with my dad a relationship that I didn't like, but I didn't do anything to change about it. Mm-hmm. I just kind of left it as it is. Mm-hmm. But now it's like I, I, I stepped away. I have my own life. I'm happy. I can go there at my mm-hmm. best self, mm-hmm. be my best self, and just appreciate who he is and what he gives. Because before I had this expectation like my dad needed to be this mm-hmm. but i didn't get that therefore right, right, i resented right, right, him right. for that so our expectations kind of maybe clouded exactly yeah okay. exactly yeah now that's deep 
Yeah, man, that's really deep, man. And like, it's true. <laughs> At the end of the day, like that, that ha- that happens. Like, so it almost goes into a point of like, self awareness needs to be taught. Honestly, just as much as brushing your teeth. <laughs> like the man, the, the have you know, obviously brushing your teeth should be mandatory. Like, you want to walk around with stink ass breath. Yeah, but. As it's important for your hygiene, I think to be understanding of self-awareness is just important for your development. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it takes that to, to take a step back, essentially, mm-hmm. and be like, hey, I, I see you now. Yeah, That makes the relationship different. Heck yeah, it does. It really Damn. does. Damn, bro. I'm saying I can do this all day, man. <laughs> what, what? So, all right, let me see what, I, what else I got on my topic. Um, we kind of been talking about this, but I guess it comes, I don't know, I'll just, I'll just ask you, how much do you talk to yourself? Like, for real, for real. Okay. Um, quite often, actually. Okay. Um, I, I think I, I do it a lot of times more so as, like, reminders, mm-hmm. um, just because I, I'm a very forgetful person, and so, like, sometimes I need to remind myself, okay, do this, do that, um, or make sure, like, I... I get this done kind of thing and and almost I, I guess it serves as almost like a motivation factor to it as well as like you know keep okay. going like keep going you know make mm-hmm. sure you do that um that's typically you know when I see myself doing it and I would say I do very often and funny enough like I don't, I don't really tell too many people about this but like growing up like you ever had an imaginary friend not necessarily but I understood it okay yeah so yeah, yeah like I, I had I, I had what I considered an imaginary friend and it could have just been like me just talking to myself and stuff like that mm-hmm. but like that felt safe. It felt like, mm. you know, like there, there was this sort of companion with me that was like, okay, well, hey, you know, like I got your back or we're good. And, you know, it just sort of felt very assuring. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm asking because I think it was looked at as weird. Like, why do you talk to yourself? Do you answer your own questions? And just kind of, just the narrative that's painted sometimes about things. And, you know, we like we've been talking about, like you kind of allow that to influence your way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So, it was like a shame. Like, we talk to yourself, right? So, just as, as I'm growing up, I'm realizing, like, pfft, first of all, I talk to myself all the time. Yeah. And so does everybody else. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, you can say you don't, and you can act like you don't. And you may not do it out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've always re- rebuttaled with, but don't you think about what you're going to get at the grocery store? Don't you, have you ever said to yourself, like, well, I'm going to get to that. I that's talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. So essentially, like, that's basically what I'm talking about, right? But I, but as you start to realize that a lot of people do it, and then I've allowed myself to self-reflect and just create my own path at this point, mm-hmm. I talk to myself a lot. It's changed everything about how I live my life. And I'm just curious about how others do it because I see them do the same thing too. Yeah. But in the people that, and I'm going to keep it 100, the people that I'm seeing talk to themselves, they may not do it like me, but they have been the same person that says, why do you talk to yourself? Interesting. Kind of goes back to my point, but like, how are you telling me about myself but you do the same thing, but you don't see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes people are like sort of reserved or, or sort of don't allow others to see that part of themselves because I, I don't know if it, if it signifies like weakness or it signifies like something yeah, where like, like, you know, they're, they're almost embarrassed by it. Because I, I think that in connection with that, um, one of the topics I had was like raw emotion and music. And 
the way I make that connection is like um, yesterday when I was driving home, uh, I I was just like blasting music, mm-hmm. and I, I haven't I don't think I've done that since maybe like college. Okay, and it almost took me back to like a time of just like a like that that feeling that memory and stuff like that. And I just saw myself like just blasting music, just drumming on my, my steering wheel and stuff like that. And it was just that raw emotion. Like it, it almost felt like nothing was bounding, nothing nothing was restricted. Like there's no feelings of embarrassment. Like I don't give a shit if the, the person next to me is driving and they're like, what the fuck, what the hell is he, yeah, doing? What's he doing? Like right, I don't, right. I don't, like it didn't matter. It, uh-huh. it just, at that point, it didn't matter. And then what was cool is that like even like with the lyrics that I was listening to like I felt like it just spoke to me mm. in that moment mm-hmm. yeah um, like I'll, I'll while, while you talk and kind of have your thoughts on that like I'll mm-hmm. pull up the lyrics that really like stuck with me okay. and I think you'll know why you know what for reflecting on that I guess I've been kind of thinking like I think we should just allow people to be themselves and only correct discipline or discipline actions that aren't warranted because everybody talks to themselves. And I think a part of that is that it's natural. You know what I mean? Like I was thinking, you know, this, bro, this, this is funny. So I, when I, I was thinking, I was watching some, I was watching something on, uh, it was on Jay-Z and Beyonce. Okay. Jay-Z and Beyonce, obviously are <laughs> Jay-Z and Beyonce, right? There's no, you don't need to go through their accolades. But when I sat there and thought about it, I was like, they don't sell anything. They sell m- music, right? Mm-hmm. But what is music but a sound and a feeling? Yeah. And they've made billions of dollars off, basically billion dollars off this stuff, right? So it makes you wonder is that you're not selling me anything, but you're making me feel a certain type of way about myself. Yep. yep. So if I am now feeling a certain type of way about myself that strongly, because like you said, music make you think about things, the lyrics hit you, and it's just so much of just you, they're like, I think that's a good example of self-reflection, mindfulness, and talking to yourself. It's just an inner side of you that's just as natural as the skin on your bones. Mm-hmm. And I, it just kind of just makes that pretty fascinating because... I think I, you know, even just you know, why I like talking to you is, it applies to so much other stuff when you really think about it. It's like, yo, somebody wants to be more self-aware. Somebody wants to be like Beyonce, but it's like, think about what they really doing. Look what they, what, what do they connect with? Look what they made themselves be like. You can do the same thing because mm-hmm. it's already a part of you. Yeah, um, it's great that you you mentioned that just because like, the some of the songs that like I connect the most with I've attached it to a feeling I've attached it to right. a memory exactly. and and some people like they, they may not like the same song they may not even like care for it as much but for me it was attached to a feeling it mm-hmm. was attached to an emotion um, like for example like the lyrics of that song that I was, I was listening to literally the, the last couple lines is won't stop till it's over won't stop to surrender Okay. And it, it hit me because it was Who's like... Who's that by, bro? Shout him out. Uh, it's called um, The Temper Trap. Okay. It's called The song's called Sweet Disposition. Yeah, so and when people start listening to us, um, yeah, we're shouting <laughs> out music. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, what they talking about, yeah, though? but it, 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 it hit me because it's like, you know what? Like, if that really is how people 
go on to to enjoy their life, to live their life. It's like you won't stop. You won't stop to give up. You won't stop to surrender. You won't stop to just enjoy your life for a minute. And it doesn't mean like you have to go out and like be buck wild and shit. Like I don't mean that. Mm-hmm. But literally, mm-hmm. if you could think back to a memory where you you were truly happy and you 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 could think back you're like i i remember when i did that Mm -hmm. i remember when i was in that moment you know what's one memory that i could think about for that was that when i went to coachella okay oh you've been to coachella yeah i've been to coachella i went to coachella and there was um an artist who like i was just like so amped to go listen to and i don't know like that moment it was like the perfect moment if i could define that because it was one of those things where it's like the music hit right the 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 sunlight hit right the vibe hit right everything mm. just clicked mm. and i can remember that moment right. so clear and every time i hear that song i think of that moment right, right. like i truly feel like right. that way that's what enjoying life is is when you can think back to a memory mm-hmm. and it's so clear and it, you mm-hmm. can literally feel it just by thinking about it right Deep, that's what's up, Charles. Man, so quick little intermission, kind of gather our thoughts again, but yo, this is kind of what we do. Sharing back that organic conversation is real. Organic conversation is necessary. And to continue to have that, to continue to inspire thoughts. Like, on one day, we definitely want to be able to uh, connect with people that are listening to this and create a whole entire conversation. You know, and I'll actually think about that topic before we kind of go back into ours, you know, specifics. But how do you see the conversation coming with other people? Like, we have a good vibe. Obviously, we have other friends. But, like, can you see others kind of having these sort of conversations as well with us? Do we kind of encourage, yo, do you have any conversation with yourself? Because sometimes I feel like, well, what would a guest say, right? But it's, that can say a lot, but I don't know how you kind of feel about it. That's interesting to think about it. Because, like, I I can't wait to, like, once we go a little bit deeper and we have, like, you know, people who would connect with us on this. Like, oh, I heard the 501 podcast. It's Mm -hmm. pretty cool. You know, like, you know, getting to hear, like, what their thoughts are and, like, you know, what some of their feedbacks are just because it's, like, I, I wonder the same thing. Like, I don't have an answer. Like, I mm-hmm. wonder, like, what that would be like because mm-hmm. we have a certain flow that goes with it. But then mm-hmm. I wonder if how other people would feel about that as well because maybe they do have the same conversations in within themselves. Right, right. But I would love to hear what they have to think. Yeah. yeah. We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. What are some of the things, what are some of the things you think about to where, why you can't have these sort of conversations at work? Like, we know politically correct, we know the influences, but just from your perspective, like, what is some of the things, like, let me not say that. Like, you know, what are some of the things you think? Um, I don't know if it's so much what are some of the things, but I feel like we may not be able to have some of the same conversations just because it, it may sort of get overlooked or passed off really quickly. Okay. And, and, and I think that's why this works pretty easily it's just because it's like okay we're, we're so open to kind of what mm. we, we each of us think and it, it just kind of flows and, and goes to something right. else differently from there and, and it, just the joy of just mm. having the conversation is exciting in itself whereas others it may just be like oh, okay well let's move on to a different topic right or, yeah, that's true. or if it's like oh well you know that's cool but 
here's what I think, but maybe I don't vibe with it as much. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so like it, it can kind of transform in a different way. Yeah. Uh, well, how how I want to say ask this question? Because yeah, I, I agree. Have you felt? Do you feel like you're coming to your own? Like at this point in your life, like yeah, this 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 is who I am. Would you say that? Yeah, and I mean, if we want to go with the topic I had down of persistence, we can go with that. But I want to ask this question real yeah. quick. If we feel like we're coming into our own, because I feel like I'm coming into my own too. Um, as I'm coming into my own, do you feel very passionate about certain things that you do to where if somebody doesn't vibe with it, I don't think the correct word would be you take it as an insult, mm-hmm. but you may realize that, hey, this kind of doesn't go with my personality or how I'm trying to conduct myself. And how do you maneuver that, I guess? Mm. You know, because you can't appropriately get mad at everything. But sometimes, again, it's this unconscious thought. Some things do tick us off, but in certain settings, you can't say it. So I I wonder how you handle that. Yeah, that's a good point. Just because it's like, I think I I am getting to that that point where it's like, yeah, you know, like I really really love (laughs) fantasy sports. and, And I think it's like, I've gotten so deep into it where like now now it's become a part of me and, and mm-hmm. who I am that you know if other people are like oh like well, why do you do that or like that's mm-hmm. so boring and stuff like that I'm like God, that's cool but like you know mm-hmm. I'm still gonna do it anyways this mm-hmm. is something I love mm-hmm. and if you want to hear about it if you want to you know talk about it let's talk but if not then that's cool too I mean right, I'm right. still I'm still myself at the end of the day and like mm-hmm. you can just take that or leave it honestly did you always have you always felt that way or did you get to a point with it like where you can say like oh, I don't care what you think. Um, I feel like it, it had to, to, to get to a point and okay. I think it was more so like I had to feel like this was something that's truly mine and that I truly love doing oh, okay, because okay. until I got to that point, it could have just easily been like, Oh, it's just a hobby. I'm picking it up. And then like, it may not go any further, mm. but now it's like, you know what? I love doing it. I can make money from it. I'm mm-hmm. being successful. Mm-hmm. And like now I'm like, yeah, this is really part of me now. So, okay. So it's a part of you. So you can embrace it more so than okay. So I get okay because I was thinking I was trying to relate it to what you said. Like if somebody's not vibing with you necessarily, and it could be for genuine reasons, obviously. Like, sure. People just whatever. People just people. But like because you're so passionate or you just care about it more, can it come off a certain type of way to that person? Like, dang, like you you don't you don't want to hear me talk about like fantasy football today? Mm-hmm. But I wonder if I don't know if that is to that extent. But I wonder if you can kind of take that example and tie it to your um, to your um, um, example that you're bringing up to say like maybe because it is a part of my identity, that's probably the initial. Hey, what the hell? Does that make sense? Mm. Like kind of like because if we're saying that you are now able to speak about fantasy sports in a way that you do because you have found it's part of your identity to to this point. Mm-hmm. If somebody does not take it the way you feel about it, is it so much that you're mad they don't want to talk about fantasy, which I don't think, but is it a tug on your identity? Because mm. if you just like, oh, whatever, it's like you're saying whatever to how I feel about myself. Like, do, do, does it come off like that too? Or do you, can, can you see it like that? Or that's just No, no, like I, I get exactly what you mean. Like, okay. Because it's so in, part of my identity, do I take offense to it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah Just yeah. When, when people aren't vibing with it. And, and, and I feel like I, I've, I I don't just because it's like, you know what, it, it's an interest of mine and, mm-hmm. and I'm more, 
I'm more aware that you know what, just because it's an interest of mine, it doesn't mean it's an interest of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel the same with with a lot of other things that I, I really am passionate about, like mm-hmm. board games, like corgis. It's like these are all different things that are a part of my life, and mm-hmm. I, I value. And if other people like see that, I think what's cool is that when other people see it and they embrace it. Where, okay. Yeah, where it's like, oh yeah, you know Charlie Charlie loves corgis. Oh, I saw this other corgi. Let me show him a picture. Or mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Charlie loves board games. Like yeah, let's play board games with him. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it it builds a community in a way. Where yeah, it's right. Like where people, they love you beyond what you love. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's cool. <laughs> that was pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. Or that you make sure to say that point. You go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. Where people just love you for beyond what you love, and and they really that's just nice. okay. where they're like, you know, it doesn't matter what you love. It's, I just love who for who you are. Right. Yeah. Now, can somebody take that away from you? Like, let's say, like you're around people that are like, I don't, I don't really care about what Charlie's talking about, even though in all intent, like all of what it means to you is still the same, but just the surrounding environment is just kind of like whatever. How do you take that? If that were to be the uh, be the case. I don't have to hang out with them. <laughs> but okay, okay. Yeah. So it's just like, all right, we just don't vibe on that. But if when it is appreciated, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like I, I you can see it as like you love me past. Yeah. How'd you say that? Uh, how but, you love me past what I love? Yeah, like that. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, I guess my 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 response to that is, and this is something I want to explore in continuous episodes. But I listened to a guy named Jay Shetty. Dude's pretty amazing entrepreneur. Um, 30 years old, you know, I'm just very, very new to him, but his story is he used to be a monk. Okay. He was someone who came out of college or something like that, became a monk, super inspired, got enlightened. And then, um, as a young adult, he wanted to take what he learned into the profession of entrepreneurship and business. And, um, so, but he's all about wisdom. He's like, his, his whole thing is like, I want to make wisdom go viral. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty dope. So... And one of the thing, one of his interviews I was listening to, he talks about uh, this. You know, I'm not going to butcher the words because I don't know them yet. But he basically talks about there's two sides. It's two sides of our consciousness. Yeah, he called what from what he read is called System One and System Two. Mm-hmm. System One, he said he terms it as it's your reactionary self, like the person that says, "Hey, I think corgis are stupid," and in your head is like, "Fuck you," like that's System One. Right, the system two he calls the smarter version of yourself, the person that has that re- the person that can respond to that appropriate. Is like, hey, I don't like Corey. He's like, fuck you, but oh, okay, that's cool. Mm. That's that would be considered system two. It's an initial response, and then the second response that you use in, with people. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was fascinating. It relates sort of to the enlightenment enlightenment that I've been experiencing in the last couple of years, where I think. As an adult and I'm maturing, I'm understanding how I comprehend things and take things in. So to the whole point that we were saying earlier, I realized I was getting offended when I became very enlightened and wanted to be passionate about just topics and just conversation in general. It's like pretty much I was so enlightened with the things that I was learning that I just wanted to have a conversation with somebody. Like, oh, did you see that? Just talk, right? Mm-hmm. But it, but going back to the point of like the self-identity thing, it's like, yo, it's became a part of my identity. That's why, mm-hmm. right? I had to t- take time to learn that, but that became part of my identity. So that's why I was so excited. It's like, hey, I'm expressing myself. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like, hey, I want to hug you, and it's like, hey, back up. Yeah, I, yeah. I was, oh, yeah. I was feeling like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. that so sense. the initial system one was like, fuck all these people that don't get it, mm-hmm. right? 
and I was getting upset. And he goes into this whole other thing about ego and um, all this other stuff, right? But then I start just kind of listening. And I'm like, damn, I do be doing that. Like, I have interrupted relationships off of, I want you to basically feel or think the way I want. I feel about it. Like, hey, I'm, not, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm about to have a conversation with you. I'm, I'm ready to excite it. And you blow it off a little bit. It's like, fuck out of here. Like, I'm mad. But system two kicks in. It's like, oh, okay, cool. We'll talk about it later. But I realized I was actually getting upset. So it took a while just to kind of understand that, like, my mind's operating two different ways. So not one way of thinking means who I am. It's just how I'm taking in the information. Right. One part is reactionary. Like, hey, this is a part of you. Uh, they don't not appreciate it but they don't take to it so my first part is like oh back up instinct second part is like when the development of my second part is now okay they, they don't have to take it that way but I can still have a conversation I can still like you I can mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. blah 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 so it's just it's just really interesting man like this brain thing is insane like yeah. it's, just, it's just insane that like so much of the just different intricacies in, li- intricacy in life relate but they seem disrespectful Unrelated. Right. And, and I wonder if that's any, anywhere similar to that feeling where people feel where it's like, you know, I'm I'm upset about something or I'm sad about something and I go tell someone, I want them to be just as sad or just yes. as upset as me. But yes. when they don't, it's like, well, why did I come to you for it? Right. <laughs> like, then, then that person responds like, you don't get it. And yeah. All that shit. Yeah. And to the extreme extent, they be like offing themselves. Like, obviously nobody wants that. Right. But yes, it kind of stems from that. It's yeah. like, oh, you don't get it. It's like, no, you're still figuring yourself out. I, you know, it's just different. So it's not I don't get it or I don't care. It's just no. It's you're feeling a certain type of way, but use another part of your brain to be like, hey, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Continue to be what you need to be. Obviously, self awareness and all that stuff comes back into play. Mm-hmm. Bro, it continues to be a good topic. Uh, I think you had one more. I had two more, but let's see. Let's see what that looks like. So what you got on yours? Yeah, um, mine was just about persistence. And and I think that's something that's really hitting me the most right now. Just because, mm-hmm. you know, my wife and I were in the process of trying to adopt a corgi. And if y'all don't fucking know, adopting <laughs> a dog is harder than it fucking is. Ooh, like, we got likes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you gotta, you gotta, like, fill out applications. You gotta be the perfect candidate. So it isn't just like, oh, you know, you could save a dog. Like, no, you gotta be the perfect candidate. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, like I'm starting to learn persistence being a thing where it's like, you know what? Okay. This is what's going on. You know, let me try to navigate that. Let me try mm-hmm. to figure out why am I not a good fit? How can I get better at that? And, and even then, like, you know what? Even if I, I keep getting a hundred no's, there's bound to be a yes eventually. And then like, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring this up again. Just because it was funny earlier. Uh-huh. Like I, I'm almost getting to that point where like, uh, if y'all haven't seen Fire Festival yet, yeah, y'all should go watch it on Netflix. Shit. Where <laughs> the literally there comes to a point where someone is like, "I'm about to do this immoral thing to get this to happen." Like I'm, I'm getting to that point. Not not for reals, but like figuratively speaking. Figuratively, figuratively speaking. Y'all, speaking. y'all ever seen Fire Festival? He's not talking about that. Figuratively speaking. <laughs> figuratively, y'all, yeah, let's clarify. Figuratively that, that speaking. Wild. Yeah, that's a whole nother day. Figuratively speaking, like I'm getting to that point. It's like, what the fuck do I live? <laughs> Yo, it's like, it's like, what the fuck do I gotta do to make this work? And literally, it's 
honestly just being persistent despite yeah. all odds and i gotta stick to what i've been doing to hope to believe that it's the right thing to do and stick with it mm. which sucks it's gonna suck throughout but I, I feel like i can now better appreciate what people are going through right now searching mm-hmm. for jobs oh because okay it's the same thing like you apply to hundreds and hundreds of jobs That's you don't know true. why the fuck you're being rejected you don't know mm. you know what you can do to be better but somewhere out there someone's dictating what better is Ooh, you're preaching right now someone's dictating that not me i don't have i feel like i have no control over that despite mm-hmm. whatever i try right so some people will look at that and decide to quit fail whatever right what made you not? What made you say, out of all this negative negativity, I'm going to try harder? Specifically in this situation, I want to say it's because this is one of my like top goals. Like mm-hmm. one of my top goals before I can sort of progress forward. Mm-hmm. Where I've moved out, that was one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. The next one, I've gotten married. That was the next big one. Mm-hmm. This one, I've always wanted a dog. I want to be able to get that. Mm-hmm. And until I complete that, I feel like I can't move on to the next. I feel like I'm fucking in a video game right now. I got to right. complete this damn level right, to get right. to the next stage. Like, Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, kind of going back to the identity thing, it's like, yo, this has become part of what I care about. So, like, I ain't going to take this away from me. That's deep, man. That's actually really deep because it's like, it kicks in. It, it kicks into survival instincts. And a book I'm going to quote, I use it for my classes, Relentless, Tim S. Grover. Just read it. Like, I'm just keeping it as that. But I know I'll give some context. It's all about instincts. It comes from a sports background. He was basically Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, and uh, Kobe Bryant's trainer. Fantastic. I read it three times. Well, once. Two <laughs> times on the audio book. Let's be real. People don't read books. Like, I, I'm just talking shit now, but like, People are like, oh, yeah, I read a book. Like, bitch, you listen to a shit. Like, stop it. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I'm just talking shit. I'm just talking shit. But anyway, but this book is dope, right? But it talks about instincts. <laughs> it talks about instincts. And it really gets... It, 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 the book is referring to, at the end of the day, you're going to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Understand what that means. Use it to your advantage. Don't just wait to be like, hey, here's a gun to my head. Let me knock the gun out the way. It's like, hey, my natural instincts, like... I shouldn't be in this situation. Let me dip up out. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Right? So, when you kind of, like, when you start to hear stuff like that, it's like, look, this is what I care about. This is part of my goals. I'm getting this goddamn dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, yo, that's a survival instinct that really relates to identity. It's like, I want this. I, me, this is what I believe. I'm getting this damn dog. Like, don't even play anything else with me. That has been suppressed in a lot of people, man, where they was... The job search, this is what we do for a living. We, we see the job search and we see the person stop mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I'm just going to work at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? Wait, 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 wait. Why did you stop? Like, instinctually, you think it should kick it up. It's like, hey, man, what the fuck is going on? I'm about to get another job. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we've become numb to mediocrity. So damn true, right? And is but, but even in our own, this is why I like having this conversation again because like even in these own just general stories that we're telling, things that we're experiencing in everyday life, it applies to so much. My identity is attached to what I believe I want. I'm going to go get that. Everybody can say that. Everybody can do that. 
So why why are we not? And that's what and that's and that's impressive because when I hear stuff like that, I'm like you're gonna get the dog. You know what I mean? Like, there's no doubt in my mind because there's a resiliency that that makes things operate for you, mm-hmm. and that's a survival instinct. I think that's what everybody's born with. I don't think you're born to quit. I think you're taught to quit. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. I think you're taught to quit. Like, oh, it's okay, just quit. That, like, why? <laughs> it's saying like, my man's right here in the room. We grew up in a situation where like, if you quit, you trash. He's all you trash, man. You quit. Like, that's what you would say to somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but I think that's just being a real genuine person. Because like, how do you quit in anything, right? There's there's a difference in transitioning and quitting. Transitioning is like, okay, this, op, this way isn't working out. Let's make a maneuver. But the progression is still forward. Quitting is just stopping. Mm-hmm. That is not natural. That's not natural. If what like I've said this before, you will, you can believe whatever you want, but I it don't matter if you're a Christian or atheist. Between that huge spectrum of what you believe in, everybody can basically say we're born to survive. I, I heard something really deep a long time ago, and it was like there is no rule to get married and have kids, but people do that all the time naturally. Right? You cannot believe in marriage. You have no Christ to, to praise to, but you'll have a kid because you're naturally wired to survive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're going, you know what I'm saying? You're naturally wired to survive. So there is no excuse on justifying not. Now, anybody can make the claim, oh, it's not that serious. But is it? Is it not that serious? Is, is your career in the $80,000, $100,000 that you pay college for not that serious? Mm-hmm. You're just going to go work at Starbucks now? That's not serious to you? Damn. Come on. So, like, that's deep. Like, that's what that that's deep. Like, like people, I think that's important, man. Like, everybody's story is worth telling because it's going to click. It's going to hit somebody. It's going to be like, yo, damn, I guess I didn't think about it like that. So, don't listen to just, oh, I want a corgi. You're going to say, no, like, I'm going to go get mine. And anybody can do that, too. Mm-hmm. It's deep, bro. That's, that's a really, um, that's a real, I think, real thing to learn as a young professional, a young adult. Is that let's tap into these natural instincts because as a kid, it's harder to do that. Your mom and dad kind of dictate your life. You know what that how that is. If you're fortunate to even have parents. So but there's outside influences because think about it. <laughs> you're taught to be a kid. Think about it. think man, bro. I'm about to get real serious because you're taught to be a kid, right? Going referring back to the book, because again, it's just the things that we're experiencing. He goes, he opens up his chapter with you're born bad taught to be good you're born bad taught to be good now it took me three times to really hear this book to hear really hear what he's saying as you listen to it you're born bad means that what you are naturally what you naturally are is taught to be bad mm-hmm. don't go play over there stop sit down don't do that you can't like girls you can't do go out you can't do stuff mm-hmm. but these are natural instincts so you're literally suppressing a person from being who they are so, what's natural is taught bad. Mm-hmm. Born bad, taught to be good. What's good is sit down. Go sit in that corner and go play on your iPad. Don't say shit. Go, go, go to this school because these people are better. You're taught all this stuff. But how many, how many, bro, it's life. So, how many people have been in school that like, my mom made me go here? I don't want to be at this shit. Oh, yeah. Six-year-old can tell you that. Yep. 
So, it's just so many different examples of like, yo, it's not natural. I'm trying to live a natural life. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just trying to live a natural life. So. And you know how, like, how much of a struggle that is just for people to like continue to go on and, and sort of, you wonder why people feel uncomfortable and sort of un, and not confident in themselves is because they're, they're probably living an unnatural life. They're living, having to suppress stuff, having to change the way they, they think or feel or talk about things. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's not natural. It's, it's not something that they can just be themselves in yeah. and, and feed into some of those instincts that they have. Yeah. And this is the scary part. And I don't want to go too more, more into it because the viewers have to go to sleep or whenever <laughs> you're listening to this, but I was reading, I was listening, I was talking to somebody, you know, where we work, and he said that he was reading something about ancient, some cultures, he might have said Chinese culture, I don't know what mm-hmm. culture it was. He said that they used to make their enemies sit as a form of of torture. Hmm. Like, this is like ancient stuff, so like way, way back in the day. Sitting was a form of torture because it was an unnatural position to be in for a long period of time. I'm like... So they knew that that was not good to sit down all day. Like they would make like the thing was like don't make them sit for hours, twenty four hours. You yeah. just sit down. And it's like oh, you're agonizing pain and shit. So, which well, it kind of just makes me think is like that's insane because going into what you just said, and when you're taught this, the way this unnatural living, after a while you start to believe it. Hell yeah! <laughs> Our entire structure of the job force. The majority of it is sitting down. It was a form of torture. And it's numbed itself to be like, this is what I do every day. Mm-hmm. Sit down. We're getting older. We ain't going to put no ages out here. But when you get older, your body tells you, hey, stop doing this. Young, we can get away with it because I can regenerate real mm-hmm. quick. But when I'm older, it's like, hey, that shit hurt. You get up. Ugh! Your legs. Mm-hmm. It's like... What's wrong, doctor? Because these, these are middle-aged people. You're sitting down too much. You gotta stand up. You gotta walk. It's like, he's telling you you're living an unnatural life. Mm-hmm. That's how you make money. That's how, But it's like, that's the shit I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, you're taught all this stuff that you don't take the time to challenge and think. And it's like, why am I torturing myself? Mm-hmm. They don't show you a map of like, yo, you, you're... Your spine is bending this way and the muscle tension is like that. And it's like, damn, that is bad. And turn the TV right back on. So it's like, yo, you just got to be aware of that shit, man. You just got to be aware of that shit. Like, So when people are sitting on exercise balls and standing desks, taking walks, that is literally adding years to your life. Yeah. Because you're now doing natural things. Mm -hmm. It's deep, man. So damn, I mean... How do you feel about this? Like, I feel like that was good. That was good, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Well, let me try to finish with this and let's just see where it goes. I had another conversation with a friend. He said, I don't feel, and this is a long conversation, no like context needed, but the quote was, I don't fear getting older, but I fear dying. I said, hmm, I don't fear dying, but I fear getting older. I still don't know why we felt that way. Like, you can dig into it, but like, dig into it from your background. What do you think that is? You know, I, I, funny enough, I actually agree with your, your side on this one. Okay. And, and sort of, you know, looking back on what we talked about so far, where it's like, I feel like with death, depending on what kind of death, obviously, Mm -hmm. it feels, it's instantaneous. Okay. It's like, okay, you die, 
and that's it. You don't know what the hell's gonna happen after mm-hmm. that. Whatever people can believe in whatever they want to believe. Mm-hmm. But then, as you get older, you start to feel everything. And I mean, yeah, you can you could repair it, you can make it better, and all that stuff throughout. But it's like, you know, if I had a choice, and total respect to all those people who are suffering through whatever they're suffering through. But mm-hmm. like, if I had a choice, like, wouldn't it just make more sense to die because it's like it's instant. Like I'm not suffering, mm-hmm. and I think that's probably a big thing nowadays. Is like. Why would I want to suffer? And okay, you know, it, so that type. Of, okay, okay, yeah, that yeah. so that's kind of how I look at it, especially because it's like, and then that, and that kind of goes with my religious belief as a Buddhist. It's like you know, like I don't want to suffer. I don't want people around me to suffer by me living and prolonging mm-hmm. my life. When say it's not a great life, or say it's like going downhill, mm-hmm. like I'm making other people suffer along with myself. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I die there's now this period of like, okay, now I go through this process of mourning. Now I go through this process of recovery. Now I go through this process of being able to live with this person's now gone. Damn, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Damn, that makes a lot of, damn. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I think, um, huh. It comes down to what you really believe in to kind of make that determination because um, like even to that point, I mean, the big, I guess the my big response to it is that I'm a man of faith, you know what I'm saying? I, I call myself a Christian, so I guess, and it's so, I, I mean, I think what our theme of the day is how much we're telling ourselves without us knowing what we're telling ourselves. Yeah. Because I look at it like, if I'm asked to live and essentially save lives, you know, I'm not going to go into the definition of it, but basically. Be an example of light, right? I'm not suffering if I'm, if I'm getting older. I should be living a better life. But I think even in my naiveness of what it looks like to get older, I don't know that. Like I, that's what I'm afraid of. It's like, oh yeah, I need to, I need to live life and be an example. And and every year that I'm given, I should be able to be something for somebody, right? But, because, but maybe it is in the back of my head. I don't want to suffer. Because when we had the conversation, I was like, why, right? And so he tells his reason. But my reason was, what I get nervous about is, no matter what, you're going to get older. Yeah. That fucked my head up a little bit. It's like, you can run, you can run a mile, right? Let's just give it a mile. Let's say you run a mile, you do it all the time, right? What it makes it nervous is that no matter what, if you ran a mile every damn day, or you just paced it to us appropriate, you should run a mile, you're going to run it slower at some point. Mm-hmm. Didn't change the behavior, didn't change the action, but it's going to be slower. You may be that person that can run the same thing at 68. There's amazing ass old people out there. So that would encourages me. But at some point, you're still going to be able to run slow. So I, I guess what it put in my mind is, I don't want to suffer either. I don't want to just... A part of me, system one, system sure, two, sure, system yeah. one, system two. A part of me thinks that. A part of me is like, I don't want to suffer. Like, I, I want to go out on top. You know what I mean? I want to be of sound mind and body and shit. But that's what kind of gets to me. It's like, damn, it's going to suck to get old. It's going to suck to have somebody take care of me and all these other shit. But to even contradict my own point, well, I should say not contradict, as I've grown up to get older, you don't have to suffer because... I'm not afraid of dying. Mm. So at the end of the day, it's going to be good. 
So why not live the best life until then? But you can't control what other people are feeling, though. What do you mean? Like, I'm talking about myself. Well, no, I, I get that. Um, but it's like, like I could be feeling good, and I could be like, yeah, you know, I'm living the best life. Mm-hmm. And I thought about this yesterday. I was like, well, what if I were to die? Like, I, I could at least say, like, I, I am happy with where I am and, and kind of that, I, you know, that I, I could now pass away or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, dang, like, I would want other people to feel that way as well. I wonder. I wonder if this what do you t- mean? What do you mean? Like, for example, like, what if I, what if I die now? And like, yeah, I'm like, I, I've accepted it. I, I'm happy. I'm good. But that's not to say like the people in this room won't be happy with me dying. Okay. And so, mm. like, I wonder if it's that same concept where it's like, oh, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about this, or, or I'm happy about this, or I, I'm content with this, and I go to you and I tell you about this, but you have a different emotion. Okay. Different from what I want you to have. Mm-hmm. I can't control that. Right. So does it, so if you don't you can't control it, does it matter I guess what the other person thinks to influence that perspective on dying? Doesn't I mean it doesn't influence mine, but it, mm-hmm. it almost taints it a little bit because it's like, okay. dang, like instead of, like when I die, I don't want it to be like a, a, a feeling of mourning. I want it to, to almost be like a like a honoring. Like a, right, like, almost right. like a celebration, like, hey, you know what? He he's passed away now but he's lived a good life and and, and like well, let's make it more than just like a sad kind of thing and so it it, it almost mm, in the okay, back okay, of my mind kind of makes it feel like dang like I would feel bad though like other people were going to be suffering because mm. I, I died and I can't control that damn yeah man that can that conversation can be its own podcast in itself yeah but I think we went through a lot today though yeah yeah so to wrap this up the 501 talk series genuine reflection with no filters. There's a lot of smart people. All we're doing is tapping into it, encouraging conversation. Probably some of it's relatable. Probably some of it's like, what the fuck are they talking about? But at the end of the day, it's real conversation. And until next time, you got anything, Charles? No. I'm saying we out. We'll catch you next time. We out. Thank you all for listening to the latest episode of the 501 Talk Series. This is Genuine Conversations with no filters. So definitely catch us next time for our latest episode. You can follow us on Instagram at BougieBowtie and ProfessorD4. That'll be it for us now. We'll catch you later. We out. Peace.